Hello, welcome to the Lewisburg United Methodist Church podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For sermon notes and videos related to this message, please visit lwbumc.com. Scripture is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The word of God for us, the people of God. You may be seated. Well, there's a great report from Sarah and Hannah about their work, and great to have them doing that kind of missionary work for the church. And Chris and Cassidy, we appreciate their coming today and, and sharing music with us in uh, Lara's absence. <clears throat> I'm uh, Joe Geiger. I'm um, a retired United Methodist pastor and district superintendent. And um, I got the word Thursday that uh, Tim was going to be gone, and he asked me if I would fill in. I was up on my garage roof doing some work and my wife came carrying the phone out to me and saying, uh, Tim wants to talk to you. So I kind of had an idea of what was going on when I got that word, but uh, it's good to share with you. I said, uh, what shall I preach to the people on Sunday? And he said, well, anything you want. And I said, well, that's good. It gives me a wide open territory. But the more I thought about it, I thought about how all the parts of the service have a theme, and that theme is built on this Matthew 16 chapter. So I decided I would uh, write a sermon around that, and I've done that the last couple of days. I want to begin the sermon by saying that the church in our day and in every day is the most abused misunderstood and controversial institution that's in our society. And nobody knows why that is. Maybe the reason is that uh, the reason is itself that uh, it's controversial. And maybe that's why we have that turmoil in the church a lot of times. But I think there's more than that. I think there's something different. 
I would suggest it's true because nobody owns the church. No person owns the church. I don't own the church as a pastor. You don't own the church as laypersons. Pastors come and go. We're invincible. We move every two or three years, and somebody comes along and replaces it, and the church goes on. Lay people are displaced from time to time. You have a committee chairmanship that you have, and it's for three years, and then you're out, and somebody else holds that position, and the church goes on. All of us are here on earth for a little while, and then we're gone. We won't be here forever, but the church stands on and marches forward because nobody owns the church. I said the church is the most used and abused and controversial institution there is. But it's also the most wondrous, interesting, and necessary institution that we have in our communities. Consider what life would be like if there were no church. When Jesus came preaching in Galilee and walking up and down the the dusty roads, there was no church. There was only Jesus and his disciples and what they talked about as the kingdom of God. And they preached that kingdom of God all around them. But as they preached that, those who opposed what they were talking about got stirred up. And there were enemies that formed against Jesus. And finally, Jesus got to the point where he knew the end was closing in. The enemies were so strong that he knew his ministry was not going to last. And he said to the disciples, you're out there in the community. You're moving among the people. Who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some of them say, you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some say you're the great prophet Elijah preaching that message. Or Jeremiah, another prophet, or, or maybe some other prophet that has been in our midst in the past. But then Jesus got pretty personal with the disciples. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon, usually the outspoken leader of the group, blurted out loudly, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And I declare to you that your name is Petra, Petros, meaning Peter. You're the rock, and upon that rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, that's, that's it. Jesus said, my church is built upon the declaration that Christ is the rock. I don't own the church. You don't own the church, but if not, 
Who does? Well, we sing it in the church, in that old hymn that we've sung for years. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. Christ owns the church. And that's what makes this institution a necessary one that exists. Now, it's true that we haven't always acknowledged Christ as the rock for the church. Somebody wrote a book called How Christianity Survives the Church. How Christianity Survives the Church. And what he talked about in that book is all of the feuds we've had in the church and the disagreements at the board meetings and the the controversies that have arisen. We have had our troubles, haven't we? Over and over again, the church has had troubles. And it's because humans are hard to get along with. We don't get along with ourselves very easily. There was a newspaper reporter who decided to go to a church service in New York City. And he was standing outside of the church getting ready to go in. And this little girl ran up to him. And she said, Mr., is God in there? Well, he'd never heard a question like that before. And he, it just kind of really uh, stunned him for a moment. But he said, I hope I gave the right answer when I said, yes, God is in there. So this morning, rather than talk about what's wrong with the church, I'd like for you to think with me for a moment about what's right with the church. One thing about the church that's right is we worship God. We're here this morning to worship God, and we do that over and over again. Jesus said, The first commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And um, we gather because we want to love God with all that we are. We bring our voices, our hearts, our minds, everything into the presence of God because God made us and God loves us and God wants what is best for us. We remember that God gave us Christ. And the church, he gave us as well to help us keep remembering Christ and who he was in the world. We gather to praise God every way we possibly can. We, We praise God through music. We sing those songs like the ones we sang earlier or like the ones that our special music people sang today so, so beautifully. Sometimes our voices ring out with such joy because we know that God loves us and we want to express our love for God. We also worship through prayer. We gather here, as Tyler led us a while ago, in thinking about people that we ought to be praying for today and We list them in our bulletin and we name them by name in our prayers. We need to pray for others in their needs. Intercessory prayer. But that's not enough. 
Prayer is more than that. Prayer is relationship with God. We say to God, God, I love you. Thank you for making me the person I am. Thank you for being the God of my life. Thank you for this great world you have made. Thank you for my family. We have so much for which to be thankful. But that's not enough either. Prayer is listening to what God has to say to you. Prayer is saying to God, God, what do you want me to do with my life this day? How can I reflect you more in the way I live? Here I am, Lord. Use me. Sometimes we worship through hearing the God, uh, the word of God preached on Sunday morning as we gather in the church. Now, certainly preachers differ. Preachers differ in the kinds of gifts they have and the style of preaching they use. They differ from one location to another. I think of the, the pastor who preached one Sunday morning and he was in his local church and he preached a sermon that people seemed to enjoy. When they met him at the door, they said it was a wonderful sermon today. Thank you for that sermon. They praised him for it. Then he got home from church and sat down in his recliner and was sitting there just kind of relaxed And he started thinking about all he had gone through that morning, how people liked the sermon that he preached and all they had said about it. And uh, as he sat there musing, his wife was sitting over on the other side of the room reading the newspaper. And uh, he said to her, tell me, dear, how many great preachers do you think there are in the world? And she said... uh, well, there's probably one less than you think. <laughs> we don't gather in the church because the preacher is a great preacher and has great delivery. We gather because we need Christ in our lives. We gather where the church proclaims the word of God to the people. What's right with the church also is its fellowship. We have that time on Sunday morning when we say, let's greet one another, and we, we shake hands with those around us, and we sometimes hug, and we express words of, of uh, support and love for each other. And that's one type of fellowship, but that's, that's not really the depth of fellowship that Christ talked about. Fellowship means hurting when somebody else is hurting or rejoicing when somebody else is rejoicing. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a a pastor martyred during the Holocaust, a great theologian and preacher, wrote a book called Life Together. And in that book, he described what kind of depth fellowship we have within the church with each other, a fellowship that goes beyond just speaking or, or encouraging, but a fellowship that just makes us part of each other's life. In that volume, he talked about that depth, and it's true that we have that kind of depth. In our 
in the church, aren't our relationships a little bit different than they are in other organizations in the community? Here we have rich people and poor people and people with middle incomes sitting side by side and talking to each other and sharing life together. Some are outgoing persons and some are introverts, but all are accepted. Some people can sing songs and others you don't want to sit by. <laughs> but there's room for all of us because love, as she sang a while ago, love is at the center of our life together. I remember a woman in the church I served one time whose name was Juanita. Juanita was a, well, she was a short, stocky woman and pretty... Uh, pretty robust, not very pretty to look at, you might say. But Juanita was a warm individual who had a reddish smile on her face and a real sense of humor. She lived about a half mile from the church, and when she came to church, she had to walk. She, she was too poor to afford a car. And uh, she had to walk, but she walked every time something was going on in the church. She sang in the choir. I don't know what kind of voice she had. I never sat beside her and heard her, but everybody in the choir loved her and encouraged her. But Juanita was that kind of person that, that was part of the fellowship that draws us all together. The other good thing about the church is service we do. That's another right thing about the church. When families hurt, we reach out to them. When needs exist, we try to meet those needs. We could go on and on and on about the things the church does in service to people. What a great thing it was to hear the girls tell about their time down in South Carolina. But they've been to Belize this summer and ministered over there. They've done local community kinds of ministry. And the church is getting ready to go to Clendenin and do that mission project there among the flood victims. The church that serves is the church that knows Christ as its foundation. Bishop, um, Bishop William Willimon was bishop down in the southern part of the country. And uh, he went in one of his churches one day to visit that congregation. And as he went in there, uh, he saw these people doing all kinds of activity. And he wondered what in the world was going on that uh, the women were so busy. And he walked over to them and he noticed what they were doing was the women were washing clothes. And then in another area, they were ironing clothes. And uh, he said, what is this that you're washing clothes in the church? And they said, well, we have all kinds of homeless people around the church. And we take their clothing in once a week and wash that clothing and iron it and, and have it ready for them. And we bring them in and feed them several times a week so that they can have good food to eat because we care about who they are as persons. Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, 
you do it to me. And we do. The church is a servant church. That's the other half of that equation that Jesus said. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but love your neighbor as yourself. Well, there's a lot wrong with the church. You could probably tell me a few things that you know of that are wrong with the church. Most people find some wrongs with the church. But I say to you, the rights of the church far outweigh the wrongs. We have a church that is founded upon Jesus Christ, our Lord. The early church had a statement which said, the church is of God and will be preserved to the end of time. What a great statement that is. It's not mine. It's not yours. The church belongs to Christ. And when we know that, we will know what a strong foundation we have as his followers. Thanks be to God.
This past week, um, a big group of us went to James Island, South Carolina, and um, some of us painted and some of us went to the Community Outreach Center on St. John's Island, and we took care of 30 kids, and I did that for the um, three days. And basically, they have two staff members, and they rely wholly on volunteers to come and help with them. And so they have um, a diversity den, they have a reading room, they have an arts and craft room, and they just really try to make the kids' summer as educational, and they try to prepare them for the school year, and they just really base it on love and just like support for the kids because these kids probably don't have much support outside of the community outreach center. So it was just really cool to bond with them and to help them and to see them grow um, in the few days that we were there. Hi, I'm Sarah. So as she said, while um, some of us were with the kids, another part of the group stayed behind um, at the church that we were staying at, Bethany United Methodist, and helped them basically um, put together a huddle house like we have here. They already had the building, but it just really needed a lot of work. Um, and in the past, on past visited trips, um, it was sort of more difficult, like we've had to tear down walls and deal with that. But this was a little bit more laid back. We just had to um, clean it up and paint uh, basically the entire building. But while I guess you could consider it um, a little bit easier uh, Physically-wise, um, I think that the impact was still the same because, you know, our church, we use the Huddle House all the time for multiple events to bring the community together and to bring the youth together, and that's basically what this church is doing, um, you know, with their building. They're hoping to use it for their local youth group and young life groups. So um, it was really nice being able to help other kids our own age because that was sort of a demographic that we've never um, I guess, reached out to before outside of our own community. Um, and it was just nice knowing that we're giving other teenagers um, a safe place to be just like we have here. So thank you for supporting us and um, your prayers as we were traveling this week. Thank you for listening to this teaching from the Lewisburg United Methodist Church. We pray that you are blessed by God's word. For additional teaching, resources, and podcasts, as well as who we are and our upcoming events, please visit our website, lwbumc.com.